on Arch Enemies. As the both of you find yourself in this forest, the familiar gruff sound of a of Casa Dragonborn that you have traveled with on numerous occasions, you can hear Kilvarex's voice about 50 feet away. Here, both of them are wearing splendidly silver armor, gleaming armor with accents of black throughout the the under armor. As you are walking down the road, again, kind of in the underbrush off to the left-hand side, you see a sword in a sheath. And the sheath is again a black stained leather, and there is a, a heart embossed on the sheath that is red. Going to take one of my daggers and gently poke it with the dagger. As you as you you poke it, it lifts out of its sheath just a little bit. As you kind of you just like poke at it, it just kind of like slides very very delicately and very smoothly out of its sheath for a few inches. And the blade on the sword is is just as black as the sheath that it's in. As the fog sort of dissipates and everything, Seifel will hold up his left hand and stop walking and Triana at the rear of the party readies her pike as Seifal starts heavily kind of scrutinizing the the underbrush off to the right hand side Okay, so after the last of the uh, Ferloran skitters off into the underbrush, uh, the Eladrin kind of continued down the road again. And after a short period of time, a, a clearing in the trees and a castle begin to take shape. The edifice is large, uh, stately, but quite severe stonework. There are several towers with tall colored pinnacles, like there's a red one and a green one and a blue one. Uh, very sort of German looking in, it, in its work. As you approach it, your Aladrin guide, Savel, will turn to you and say, Welcome to Castle Zilvar. Continuing to walk towards it, there is a large dark oak drawbridge with with wrought iron banding and and rivet work and in front of the castle is a is a wide trench that is exceptionally deep so deep in fact it's hard to see the bottom you would swear that you kind of see the the pitch black sky and the pinprick stars uh, from the sky above you as you stare into the trench itself as you approach Savel will in Aladrin uh call to the edifice. Cass, again, uh, with your knowledge of Elvin, uh, basically something along the lines of we've arrived. But his voice has a definite magical quality to it. It's different than his normal speaking voice, so it does seem as if he's invoking some sort of a response. And sure enough, as he calls to it, the great drawbridge lowers with great drama to cross over the trench. 
and you can see several other knights in the same suit of armor that the uh, that your guides are wearing, kind of milling about on the inside of the castle. Entering the castle, it is almost supernaturally warm on the inside. Uh, Kilvarex, this is probably something that makes you feel quite comfortable. You don't see any open fires or any any source of the of the warmth, but it is definitely warmer than you would expect once you are inside the castle. Um, there is lush carpeting all over the floor, quite comfortable, and vibrant tapestries all over the wall, including several with who Kilvarex and Candy and Alari recognize from the previous session as the Silverman. Kess and Zir, when you see the person in this tapestry, it immediately brings a memory back, something that you'd long forgotten. Zir, when you were younger, you ran afoul of the law once, and the man that you see in the tapestry here was the local sheriff who apprehended you. Tell me that story. What happened? So there I was, minding my own business, watching a performance of one of the most famous bards of my area, just watching his do his magic on the stage, when I felt this hand on my back, my backside, to be precise, and... I said, excuse me, sir. And he said, I saw you pickpocketing. And I said, no, sir. He said, yes, I am arresting you for pickpocketing. Okay. So he took me away to his prison. And it became abundantly clear to me within a few moments of what his intentions were. But mm. I was a very talented young woman. And I talked my way out using my natural charisma and managed to save my reputation and keep myself from being uh, sullied by this <laughs> man. Excellent. <laughs> Fabulous. Okay. And Kess, you remember this man from a recent name day celebration. You had gone out with some acquaintances and friends to celebrate, and he was there. Tell me the story. Why was he there? We were just having a quiet celebration in a local tavern and he lurched in acted as if he'd known us forever and joined the party and it was my name day I didn't want to fight for a change and so we all kind of played along but it took quite a bit of evasion and misdirection among the group of us to avoid any kind of confrontation with him and eventually he just lurched out again. Very I don't know if he remembers me. <laughs> but you certainly remember him. And it's a memory that you haven't thought about until now you see his face. You're like, wait a minute, I know him. As, as you kind of walk through the castle, say it leads you to another austere oaken door stained a dark brown with wrought iron banding. And before he opens the door, he looks at you all and says, now friends, we are friends and we assure you that you are safe under our protection. We take our hospitality exceptionally seriously. However, the lord of the castle here requests before you come in to his audience that any weaponry you're carrying is secured. Would you please do your best to, to do so? Well now, Kess, you can't really disarm 
or secure the weaponry of Cass <laughs> unless she's dead. Correct. So she's not really that worried, but she makes a show of compliance by uh, unsheathing her longsword and and handing it over and saying, "Do you think? Do you think you could have this sharpened?" Of course. He takes the sword from you, Kess, and turns down a hallway, calls something in your understanding, Elvin, something along the lines of, uh, come here, I have a task for you, and another Eladrin in a leather apron, soot-covered clothes and soot in their hair and everything, comes down, they talk a little bit, again, basically, this weapon needs attention, that sort of thing, and the the one in the leather apron, again, scurries off down the hallway, and Savel looks at you and says, uh, that... The, the attendants will will look to your weapon and hone it for you. And I call out after him in Elvish, thank you. Okay. Actually, before he runs off, can I retrospectively add something? Sure. Alarite will pull out the bits of her short sword and sheepishly ask, is there any hope? So the one in the leather apron with the lo- has Kess's longsword in his hands... Uh, and as you pull out the pieces, he looks at it, and he looks at you with great consternation. And he looks at the bits of sword, and he looks at you, and slowly walks away backwards before turning around and running down the hallway. Best and, bet is a fine burial. Yeah. Savel <laughs> Sa- snickers under his breath and says, My friend, I do not believe there is any hope for that one. She'll sigh. And, and put it away. Yep. Oh, when hold my rolls. great sword out to save all. Say, you may peace bond this, but I prefer to keep it with me. Yep. He will wave his hand in front of his face, and ribbon from one of the tapestries weaves its way down as if I carry it on the wind, and wraps itself around the bottom eight inches or so of of the blade, covering the the point and most of the sh- most of the cutting edge, and then says, thank you, friend. We appreciate your attention. I offer that uh, lovely black sword I picked up for peace bonding. Uh, I will do the same with the luck sword. And Kilharis will nonchalantly turn his spear upside down to make it look like a walking sword. So, when you take the black sword out, do you take it out of the scabbard, or do you hand it to him scabbard and all? Scabbard and all. Savel will look at that. Where did you get that? I found it in the woods. Have you used it? Yes. May I touch it? Sure. He will whisper an incantation under his breath and put his hand on it. And after a moment, snap away quickly. He's doing that. I'll turn to the Tazir. You found a strange blade in the woods of the Feywild and thought it prudent. Wield it without any sort of identification? I killed a monster with it. Now, Candy, I seem to remember you and a ring at some previous encounters. (laughs) (laughs) And we saw how that turned out as I was ensorcelled. Kess rolls her eyes. Can I fall you, back on? It seemed like a good idea at the time. You should give this blade to us and not continue to use it. 
It is it is a weapon not even of this domain. Lord Zilvarin will be very interested to find that it is here. Can I have a few hours to think about that? <laughs> no. Or do I have to decide right now? When uh, there's when really not a discussion. When she used it, did Kilvaris notice that it was black? No. You know what? Give me, uh, retroactively, give me a perception check. Okay. Where is that? You were kind of standing Perception. Uh, Twelve. Yes. It was definitely a black. The blade is definitely black, and you'd noticed it. It's like it wasn't like an active. It's more okay. like now that you think about it, like, oh, yeah, that's so. right. I saw that. Yeah. Now, he's going to try and put two and two together with his limited realm speak, and we're in the Feywild, and opposite of the Feywild is the Shadowfell? Mm-hmm. Carry so, on. So, he's trying to determine if maybe that thing could be from the Shadowfell? Give me an Arcana check and see if that holds to Arcanic a natural twenty for a twenty-four. Yes. You know what? You've got you have a two, and you've got a two, and they sure make an awful lot of four in your mind, especially with what Savel just said and said that it's not a blade of this realm. So out loud, because that's how does a Shadowfell artifact make it to the Feywild? Savel will look at you almost severely. He'll kind of snap out of his 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 ritual and look at you and say, "Thus is the problem." we are experiencing and why Lord Zilvarin is seeking your help. And why us? That's a good question. And we the realm- do seem to have a habit of slipping between worlds. Yes, we do, don't we? Whether you slipped in the wrong hole or what, clearly the realms have marked you. We must advance with haste. This is, uh, there's critical information that Lord Zovarin has for you. Let's, let us attend him so that we can, we can get you all moving in the right direction. And I apologize, Lady Zir, you will not be allowed to leave with this weapon. So if my question came off overly courteous, I apologize for that. You will not be able to leave this castle with this weapon. You must surrender it. Go ahead, take it. What? Maybe you could replace it with something. Yeah, that'd be acceptable. I think that would be acceptable to Lord Zilvarin. He has work for you. Certainly he would be willing to outfit you as necessary. Works for me. And with that, their Savel will knock three times on the door. A only way that you can describe his voice is absolutely euphonious will echo from the inside enter friend enter and the door will open and reveal a modest dining room or sitting room of sorts there is a large oak dining table covered in in parchments and scrolls and maps and it's surrounded by 10 high-backed oak chairs with leather seating and sitting in one of the chairs quite relaxed uh, but not at the head of the table is the man that you have all come to know as the silver man and he he jumps up with an exuberance betraying his age a little bit uh, and says friends thank you it has been so long since i have seen you all thank you 
for accepting my invitation. There is much that we need to discuss. Please sit. Can I bring you anything? He uh, he has a half-empty silver chalice and a, and a plate with a half-eaten rabbit haunch uh, sitting next to him. Uh, uh, can I get you anything to eat, please? Whatever you ask. You you yes. are my guests. Cass gives him a side eye and sidles in and sits as far from his chair as possible. (laughs) (laughs) I am more than happy to listen, but from where do you derive this claim of friendship? I have seen you once at great distance while you proselytized in a small town temple. I assure you, my friend. And he, in Githyanki, will say your real name. I assure you that I have seen you far more than that. That name is dead to me. He will lift the top on a canister in the middle of the table, and in your voice, perhaps a hardened confection? Candy will sit down. Smile, my friend. This is a joyous occasion. Sears going to go to sit down, but before he does, he's going to like poke at the chair a little bit just to make mm-hmm. sure. Yep. Just checking, and then sit uh, down. Yeah, you will find that that miraculously the chair that you have selected seems perfectly suited for a dragonborn. Not only is it slightly bigger than the rest and more reinforced, but there's even a conveniently placed spot for your tail to go so you don't have to put it at an awkward angle or anything. It seems like the perfect dragonborn chair. Yeah, all the more reason for me to have poked it first just to make sure. (laughs) (laughs) Alari will walk in and she won't sit like next to him but she'll sit near him and just look at her in total look at him in total awe just total stargazing in her mm-hmm. eyes she's just totally enthralled zir my friend i owe you an apology i fear the last time that we met there was a misunderstanding and i was discourteous i offer my sincerest apologies and i am grateful that you have joined me today sits down. Please, what can I get you all? We we have much to discuss, and it would be awful to do such on an empty stomach. Steak. Rare. Nothing but the finest for my friend. I pop a piece of my own candy into my mouth. (laughs) I'm fine for right now. Okay. Alari will say whatever's on offer. Everything's on offer. I don't want to put your staff out. My staff, they live to serve. I doubt that, but do you have any more of that rabbit? Of course. Alari is completely in awe of him, so she does not, I mean, she doesn't want to make demands at all. An attendant enters the room. Zilvarin talks to the attendant and says, A plate of rabbit for my drow friend. A A second for... Uh, a second for my furbog friend. He will say with a wry smile. Nothing but the rarest and best marbled steak for my dragonborn friend. Zir Candy, are you sure that there is nothing that I can get you? I am fine. I'm all set, thank you. You heard them then. Only wine. And the attendant 
leaves the room. And I will kind of reach up and touch the copper wire and whisper a message to Kilvarex. Do not eat what you are given by a fae. As if on, uh, as if there were like speakers in surround sound in the roof of the room, the message that you send to Kilvarex echoes off of the walls and Zilvarin smiles and says, a smart man who has traveled the plains many times and knows how often the Fae play games. Let me assure you that I am bound by the pact of hospitality and comfort that I have extended to you all, and I sincerely mean you no harm. I have great need of you. There is tremendous trouble afoot. If you wish not to take relief in my company, I am not offended, but I offer it freely and without strings. Not a promise that you'll get from an archfey very often. I will listen. We're listening. If joining the Tabletop Journey's actual play games sounds like the kind of fun you're looking for, be sure to check out patreon.com slash ttjourneys, where patrons of the Tabletop Journey's podcast not only get early access to all of our episodes, but they get the opportunity to play in our monthly actual play games, where the dice are wild and we make every roll legendary. Where should I begin? You probably have a great many questions about things you have seen and things you have done. No? It all just runs together at this point. What are you talking about specifically? So... I brought you here through an area of the world where the walls between our domains here in the Feywild and the domains that you roam in has thin. Yes, Mattress's village. Can you yes. help us save it? The Witchlight Carnival. The Witchlight Carnival was a ruse. The Witchlight Carnival was a device to get you where I needed you to be. You're correct. And yes, Matria, I can help you and help Matrias's village, although helping that village is going to be quite the task. Let me start at the beginning. There was once another Archfey here, not in this domain necessarily, but who was trying to break the rules that bind the planar multiverse together. She was efforting to cast and shape her own realm, cast her own domain out of nothing, try to fold the magic of the Feywild in on itself to go ahead and create her own little pocket. The four seasonal queens who very much divine the rules that bind us all, well, they took, they took great exception to that fact and banished her in her hubris and her anger now, she 
is trying to undo her own banishment and is beginning to, again, shape and fold the planes in an unnatural way. That is why Matrias's village is undergoing a transformation that seems to be the nexus that she has determined. But I assure you, we, we cannot let this happen. She is a being of great deceit and great evil. And if she is able to complete this transformation and able to master the magics of both the Feywild and Shadowfell, there's no knowing what forces she will wreak upon, frankly, your plane. I fear that your plane would get trapped in the middle and quite possibly obliterated in the process. So, instead of a village, now we're saving the whole plane? Isn't Lucky that us. the way? He smiles wryly and says, Sometimes it takes a village, doesn't it, Kilvarix? At this point, Savel will speak up and point over at Azir. My lord, she has an artifact which seems to have crossed through from Monte's domain, and Zilvarin will perk up and... Zir, could I... could I see it? Go right ahead. While he's looking at that, does Kilvarix recognize the name of Monte? Give me an arcana roll. May I also? Certainly. Uh, 1721. Candy? 13. Okay, Candy, you're not sure. It could just be a name. Who knows? Kilvarix, you are more certain that, again, from kind of the same book where you had originally seen Zovarin's name, that Amante was, was the name of, again, a powerful fae who was in service to an archfey, but that's... It's another name, definitely a, a higher level fae creature. Fae, not quite an archfey, but so, but someone kind of in the fae so, court. You know? So same book, is there any connection that I can correlate between who we're talking to now? There, there was no connection mentioned in the book. Okay. Yeah, there was no connection mentioned in the book. So Zovarin will send a misty hand across the table to you, Azir, and the hand will turn palm up and kind of float there in front of you as if asking for the sword. I will put the sword in the hand. And is it in the scabbard? Yes. Okay. Alright, and the hand will fly back in front of Zovarin, and he will look at it and say, Oh! I see. Oh. How did you come across this weapon? It was leaning up against a tree in the woods. Fascinating. Savel, do you have any theories on how such a weapon could be found here? And Savel, I have no idea, my lord. However, its origin definitely seems to be from Shadow. Seem to attract these kinds of things. Do you? If not the realms themselves. It does certainly seem that you have all rolled into something beyond your pay grade. Is that the phrase? But nonetheless, you have shown tremendous tenacity and skill. The I hope that you will forgive me for testing your resolve earlier, and I am glad that none of you came through particularly unscathed. 
Outcast gives him another side eye. Did you send those things? I did not have to send the things. And again, as a pact of hospitality, I certainly would not directly cause any harm to you. You are under my protection to the extent of my ability within the realm here. And knowing where you had to walk, I did assume that there would be challenges between where you were and where you are now. Cass rolls her eyes. Do you happen to know the Vistani? Because you sound like them. You mentioned pay? (laughs) I do like your hubris, my friend. Quite interesting. I mean, if the saving of your realm from utter obliteration is not enough compensation, then certainly there are other gifts that could be given to help compensate you. Certainly, my friend Zir, if if I may keep this blade, I would give you an equivalent. I have a feeling that's not a good thing for me to have, so yes, you may keep it, but I want something as good, if not better. As good, if not better? Yep. How would one define better for you? I use that to cut a, a bad guy in half, so... And he was wounded. Mm-hmm. So maybe if I cut a healthy person in half with one, that's better. I know exactly the blade. And he his misty hand puts the puts the black sword on the table in front of him, and then with a with a motion he the hand whisks away and you hear rifling, like metal metallic rifling and everything like that in a pile uh, off stage right. So certainly I can help outfit you to make sure that that you are as prepared for this mission as I can make possible. But I can go one further than that, and I can give you uh, advantage that Monte does not expect. I, who is Monte? Monte is she who has been banished from this realm and is trying to work her way back. What else do we need to know about her I what can, are you not saying? What makes you believe that I'm not being upfront with you, my friend? You are Fay, and your <laughs> mouth is moving. I mean, at the risk of being cast as a Vistani again, I will say that, of course, there's a great many things that I am not saying, but none of them are important. I seem to think that us knowing more about the the big bad guy that you want us to go do something about... And you sending us in there without knowing about the big bad guy and not telling us what you know is a big red flag. I'm not sure if anybody else agrees with me, but I'm thinking that myself. I understand your reticence. Let me conclude and tell you how to crack the mystery of what she's doing. Because some information, I will be honest, I do not have. I know where she is deriving her power, and thus I know that should be your next step but I do not know what power exactly she is using or what her exact intentions are. I can assure you that from what I know of Amante, surely revenge is what her goal is. But the exact method of that revenge is not known to me. So she has an axe to grind with you, basically. I never said she has an axe to grind with me. I'm just aware of what the axe is. Okay. I don't know where she has an axe. 
And how many other people have you sent to uh, take care of her? Well, that's an interesting question. Only one. And has that person come back? Was that person Matrios? He raises his chalice to Matrios and takes a sip. To Matrios. Matrios died in our company, not doing something for the Fae. Are you sure about that? What was Matrias studying, my friend? I can assure you that if Matrias is dead, that certainly Amante was behind it. I speak that without enough evidence to lay a explicit accusation. But again, from what I know, I can almost assure you that Amante is behind it. She must be very devious indeed then. So Amante has in her banishment struck an allegiance with four hag sisters. Those sisters have each given her certain abilities and once or or have brokered with her certain abilities. And once she is able to combine their powers who knows what she will be able to go ahead and do, but sure, it's, it won't be until those four powers are united that we'll know explicitly what her plans are, which is why it is so critical that your next step is to visit these hag sisters and find what you can. Certainly, if any of you have ever encountered any hags before, the danger that I'm asking you to do, to, embar- to embark on. Only children's tales. I assure you, they are far more than children's tales. Hags are fey beings of immense power, my friend. Perhaps the first time he speaks solely the truth. I have not lied to you. Yet you have not told us everything that we need to know. What questions do you have? Hag sisters. Where? Four different realms and he casts his hand and basically shows like a, an illusionary circle with four different colors kind of swirling over his, uh, over his shoulder. Four different realms, one for each sister. No two sisters get along ever unless it's to go ahead and run afoul of the other two. I will stand up and go over to the table where the maps are and begin Mm -hmm. looking at the maps. You probably recognize 25% to half of them. The other half are both by name and by geography totally foreign, even to you. Even even as a mercenary captain? Absolutely, yep. And some of them, in fact, some of them you recognize the geography, but not the name. Some of them you recognize the name, but not the geography. Do any of them appear to be extra planar? Absolutely. Yep. Absolutely. Kess speaks up. Are we just going to be talking to them, or do we have to fight them? I would prepare yourself for combat. I do not suspect that the hags would welcome your presence. So, how can I fight them? They're magic, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Kess has had problems with this before. Any suggestions? This can be resolved. So, you're saying magic weapons are necessary? 
do you I can you assist with that? that. Oh, at me. Okay. With that, the misty hand that had gone off to rifle through a bin comes back, first holding another blade in a scabbard, and Zir, the hand puts the sword in front of you. And in this in this case, the sword is a radiant white. The sheath is, again, leather, but it is it has like a white stain over the leather, and embossed in the in the leather on the front is is a sun. Now, my friend, Zir, I beg you, please keep that weapon sheltered here. The light would be too much even for somebody like me, but I think that you would find the ability of this sword suitable. Okay. Kess, what what would you like? I can fight with anything. It just needs to be able to do magic damage. I mean, certainly a fighter as capable of you doesn't need such a trinket. I need you to give me a charisma save, please. Does he appear to be casting a spell or making any kind of somatic or, or verbal components that, that are probably- recognizable? He's been casting spells left and right the entire time that you've been here, so he's not acting in any way that's different. Cass isn't very susceptible to flattery of her fighting. She knows okay. she's good, and the score was 18. Fabulous. That was the DC on the challenge. Fine. If it would make you feel better to have something to help, he again kind of points off to his right, and the misty hand again trails off and starts digging through. Again, you hear kind of like the metallic clanking in the other room. How about the rest of you? How are you outfitted? Well, I did just lose a blade thanks to your, I think you called it challenge, but I mean, you helped my village. Of course I'm going to help yours. So a short sword then? Any blade, any short blade that you have will do. I'm sure that I can find something. And Alaric will take another bite of shepherd's pie that she didn't even realize she wanted or was there. And it's just like home. Perfect. Like mom is right there. Like, Perfect. oh my God, mom would love that. Oh. But Candy like sees her reaching for her fork, but kind of like too late. It's already in her mouth. Perfect. So the hand kind of comes back from the uh, from the armor bin and has a was it a, a long sword that you had or a, what was it? What sort of sword was it before? Before Kess reaches for it, mm-hmm. is this a gift freely given? It is a gift freely given. I'll nod at Kess. I reach out for it. It's a sword in its scabbard, and the scabbard is, again, just like a a well-worn leather, and there is a embossed tree on it. And you pull the sword out of its scabbard. I have to stand up to do it, because it's Mm -hmm. as long as I am. (laughs) Fair enough. But... I, I do a few passes with it after first saying, may I? Yep. Of course, please. When you pull it out of its scabbard, the sword is and the blade are made of wood. Huh, pleasing. A waster. I assure you it is far more than that. And he, as you stand up and you pull it out of its scabbard, he looks to the door and says, Save El. He beckons him over. Do either, do any of you 
would you prefer to learn the abilities of the sword by using it, or would you rather uh, the simple parlor trick of identifying? You said that this one would blind people when in its area, and there's a big picture of a star on, sun on it, so just tell me what it does. It is as sharp as the darkened weapon that you gave me, but instead of dealing, instead of attacking the mind of the creature that is struck with it, it attacks the soul of the creature. So basically it will do an additional, it's a, it's a plus one weapon, so plus one to attack and plus one to damage, and on a successful attack does a d6 radiant damage. I like to know my weapon, says Kess. Sure. Yours is, and he gets a little wry smile, yours is a cheeky joke of a sword, my friend. For surely the blade is made of petrified wood, and thus, when struck, can inflict your opponents with fear. So basically, they'll get a D. Anyone that gets hit by it gets a DC 14 save, uh, wisdom save, and on a failure, uh, gains the frightened condition. Does it also cut them? Uh, it does. Yeah, it's, it, it's a regular longsword in every regard, so it still does a D10 damage, but there's no uh, there's no plus to it. And it, it, but it is magical. So, Cast smiles. I figured that you would appreciate the pun within the scabbard. If you all feel properly outfitted, then perhaps we should discuss the plan in more detail. Because I would not just leave you into the wilds without any idea of how to get where you're going or what to do when you get there. Oh really, that's good to know. I really am here to help. Your skepticism suggests that you don't believe me, but I really am here to help. Nobody benefits from Amante coming back from her banishment. Alarai looks sheepish, but doesn't really say anything because she's still in awe of him. Gifts <laughs> freely given, be they physical or knowledge, will be accepted. Have I imposed any price on you whatsoever, my friend? I am not saying that you have. Yet. Next time on Arch Enemies. Maybe, Candy, you would prefer something to keep you from being petrified and afraid, as has happened. Where's Simeon and Doyle? Now that's an interesting question. Just call me the Flying Tautology. The world goes to black, and it definitely is a cold, stoning black. You feel like you are in the presence of death. You notice from the ground several beings are digging themselves out of the dirt. He falls apart basically into a pile of dust. That's easy for cleanup. Our sacred domain has been defiled already. Away with you. you one of your arms sort of brushes by one of the roots of the tree, and as you do, you gain a vision. 